Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Good morning, church. So good to be with you this morning. Let's let's agree with that song and let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We believe for signs and wonders and miracles and healings. Lord, that your power would be manifest for those who are grieving at this time. Let comfort come upon them and let there come hope to our hearts. Let there come a courage to our spirits to face every obstacle, to trust in you. For we do believe in a God of signs and wonders. We do believe in miracles. We do believe that you're moving in the earth even now and we look to see your power and your glory break forth in our nation and in this world in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, good morning to you all. And if you're going to watch after the morning, hello to everyone else. It's uh, great to have you here again for our church service. Uh, We love God, love the purposes of God. I want to get the Word of God out to not just our church family, but to people throughout the world that they might know of the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. So I want to come and continue with the series I started last week. And it's about change. It's about the the pain and the growth and the change that comes in life. And we all need to be aware of that. So last week we looked at what change will we like in ourselves. And this week I want to look at why. Why would you like to change? See, knowing the why is really important to our life because our motive is the core value from within. That motive moves every part of us. It means at the end of the day, when we get what we want, our heart isn't changed or damaged by attaining. You know, some people get what they want and their whole personality changes. They, they live from a place of victim to victor and then they want to abuse people. We want to keep a sweet spirit and that only comes when we have a right motive. So I, I want to give you a simple example. And please, uh, this is not in any way attacking men or women. It's just a reality of life. And, and you know, you just picture this for a moment, a young man, he, he likes a young lady. So he, he takes her out for dinner and he pays for her. Now, that can be good or bad. There can be different motives for that. You know, if his motive is pure, there are no conditions, but he's trying to win a heart. If his motive is selfish, and sadly, many, young, many younger males and some older ones somehow think, at least subconsciously anyway, that now they have some kind of right to expect the woman to respond favourably toward them. If his motive is pure, the action has no strings attached, but it's, it's just an expression of friendship or love toward her. He may have a hope, but he does not place any condition or control upon her. And so the action can be an honest and generous action or it can be manipulative and controlling and it all depends on our motive. So again, I ask the question, why would I like to change? What is the the motive behind my desire to change? You know, sometimes we want to change to prove ourselves to God so that He will bless us, save us or whatever. Sometimes we do it to prove ourselves to other people so people like us or even to to hide who we really are. Sometimes it's to prove ourselves to ourselves so we feel good about ourselves. Here's the problem with those reasons. They put me at the centre of my change project. They put me at the centre of change. It's, It's about me feeling good to God. It's about me feeling good about myself. It's about me looking good to others. You know, we we sing a song in church, Jesus at the centre of it all. 
Well, if that's true for our faith, if it's me at the center of it all, there's a problem with my motive. I'm not saying it's a bad goal to change, just a bad motive. And, you know, if the motive's wrong, then the action, whether good or bad, is still sin. So let's consider this problem. Let's ask the first question, because if we deal with this first one, we cover everything else. You know, that sometimes we want to change to prove ourselves to God so He'll bless us or save us. You know, that, that thinking comes uh, and, and comes out of a wrong motive. It, it produces wrong motives in our life. It's founded in a wrong belief, both about God and about what He requires of us. So if we fix that belief problem, we'll normally fix all the other issues as well about our motive. Listen to this in Titus 3, 4 to 7. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. And having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of of eternal life. So, so here, here we find the answer to that first problem. We can do nothing to make ourselves right with God by our own efforts. You and I can, cannot prove ourselves to God by being better or by changing. It's about His kindness and His love toward us. See, He knows where and what you are right now. He knows it. And He still loves you. He still believes in you. He still has a plan for good for you and for your future. That's the heart of God. See, we've picked up a, a, a wrong attitude and a wrong understanding. And it's because sin came into the world. Our mindset changes. Our mindset of our goodness before God somehow being won by our behaviour came into our thoughts. There's a verse that, and out of context, it reads like this in Genesis 4-7. It's to Cain. It says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Now, now we think that's okay, but if that becomes the underlying motive that God only accepts us if we do well, then it's actually not a good understanding of Scripture. See, that's how the old covenant seemed to work. But it's not how the new covenant works. The good news is God proves us or justifies us through Jesus. So we don't need to prove ourselves to God or anyone else, not even to ourselves. God gives us a new identity. And out of that new identity, our motive changes. Our, 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 the basis for our change comes from this heartbeat that responds to God. Listen to Galatians 4 verses 3 to 5. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. That, that adoption, Paul's writing to the Romans, is about being joined to God's family to the point where God will not cut us off. We can leave, but God will never cut us off. So our, our place with God is not, between, not at God's side, it's our side to respond to His love. See, you and I, having given our lives to Christ, are children of the Heavenly Father. The Bible tells us we're the bride of God the Son. We're the home of the Holy Spirit. 
The reason Christians should want to change is to enjoy the freedom from sin, the delight in God that God gives to us through Jesus. See, there is a danger that some people are afraid that if people fall so much in love with God and the grace of God, that, that like Paul says, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, that the danger is there. But if we have a right heart, our motive is, is founded in Him, then that will never be the question. We will want to. Not, not as a, I've got to change, but I just want to because of what God has done. So Paul continues to Titus and he says this in verse 8 of chapter 3. This is a faithful saying. These things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable. See, it's profitable for us to behave right. But the motive always has to be the believing in God. That believing is what we're talking about. It's a right understanding and a right believing in God and our relationship with Him. It's that we change for better and it's a diligent commitment, but it's not a work of the flesh. The reality is God's way is always going to be good. It's always going to be a profitable way to live in the context of eternity. Living at peace with God. If you have a peace in your heart in every situation, then we're not afraid. We're not worried about those things. They don't overwhelm us because I'm secure in the love of God. Living at peace with God through that right understanding of Him and His love enables us to grow and change as a spiritually natural process. It's not a works thing. It's a spiritually natural process. The danger is we can get into a works mindset. It looks the same, but the motive is what makes it different. Listen to Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace. Now, grace is the power of God in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. See, we see it again. Our position with God is completely dependent on the work of Christ. All we have to do is believe it and receive it. We don't need to prove ourselves to God. When we come to that revelation of the love of God, it actually empowers us to live right. The power to live right because we are right with God works in every situation. Paul continues that passage to show us the power given to us by this right relationship through grace. Listen to verses 3 to 5 of chapter 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Why? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Listen, the love of God poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Wow. That love, that love of God poured. Do, do we see it as little raindrops or trickles? Paul says it's poured out into our heart. The love that enables us to glory in tribulations. How? Because we know God's love keeps us secure. Because we know God has a plan somehow. We may not see it, but in the end, in the long run, we will be better for all eternity through every situation. It's the love of God that gives us a foundation and it gives us grace and power to live. The next verse continues to emphasize it. It says in Romans 5, 6, 
when we were still without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Listen, we had no strength. We had no ability to do it ourselves. And it's in that place, Christ died. I was ungodly when Jesus died for me. We were ungodly before we came to Him. See, we couldn't save ourselves before. So why would we think we can save ourselves now? While it's our tendency to think we can do it ourselves, it's deceitful, it's a proud way to live. And Christians easily fall into that trap. And it's actually a trap of the enemy. Listen to this, that Christians were falling into it even when Paul was writing. Galatians 3, verses 2 and 3. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? See, Paul is adamant that our heart must always be in the life of the Holy Spirit. See, if I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit, then I will hear His voice speak to me about what I need to change and when I need to change it. And at that time, He will give me the power, the grace I need to endure the pain of the change process. I I could put a whole lot of religious requirements that have an appearance of holiness in front of people and tell them that they need to change this or that and and buy it. All we were doing is just trying to use the natural flesh to change the ways of the natural man. And if we do that, what happens is this natural flesh method is is we exchange our unrighteousness for self-righteousness. When we try to change ourselves, all we're doing is changing unrighteousness for self-righteousness. And by that, sometimes we somehow think we're right with God. It's a delusion. See, I'm aware of my own tendency toward self-righteousness. You know, I've done this for God. I've done that for God. I don't do this. I don't do that. And we can rest in the fact that we, we've kept a whole bunch of rules. We've changed these things out of the me complex instead of, hang on, it's God who works in me, His will and His good pleasure. Am I allowing Him to work in my life? Or is it my self-righteousness, you know, it's comforting, self-righteousness. Don't get me wrong. It's comforting to be able to sit back and think I'm, I'm more righteous than someone else. But it's a lie. See, when we go that way, we compare ourselves with one another. We, we decide our goodness level by being better in our own eyes than the next person. We, we highlight our good points and they're bad ones. We, we judge people by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Well, I meant to do the right thing. But we write somebody else off because they did the wrong thing. We forget simple truths like that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We forget other truths like Romans 3.10. There is none righteous. No, not one. It's written down. It's recorded. It's written for a purpose because we so easily forget even the simple truths. All have sinned. There is none righteous. And that includes me. Doesn't matter how good I think I am. When I start thinking I'm good at self-righteousness, I start to compare and go, hang on, God, but for the grace of God, where would I be? But for the love of God, where would I be? It's Him. It's His work. Romans 5, 8 8 to 11 says this, but 
God, I, I was reading this this morning as I was meditating on it and I've just started another whole message on the but gods. And I thought, wow, there is so much. But listen, but God demonstrates His own love toward us. You, you don't have to prove yourself to God. You don't have to. God demonstrates His own love toward us. And listen to the condition. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Just, just that verse. There's a couple more, but just that verse. If we, if we took time to think about it and meditate and contemplate on it, it would stir our hearts. It says, much more than having now been justified by His blood. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to prove myself. I was justified by His blood. Because of that, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. But when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. Everything comes from Him. When I came to the Lord, no one told me to stop swearing, to stop lying, to stop getting drunk, to give up drugs. I, I didn't really need a, any great revelation from the Holy Spirit. I, I knew there was something I needed to change. And, and these things, because of God's love for me, I wanted to lay off so I could draw nearer to Him. I remember when I was first chasing Sue, uh, my hair was a little bit longer than it is now, past my collar and past my shoulder a little bit. And, and uh, no one told me I had to get my hair cut, but I got it cut a number of times until it got to a length that was uh, more acceptable in one sense to her parents. Uh, and not that I wanted to do that for them. I just loved her. and I wanted to express my love in a way that showed I was willing to make sacrifices. God did that for me. He put no conditions on me. He just did it and then He called me. I knew those things were wrong. And some of them were easier to give up than others. And now many years later, the things I need to put off are more subtle. They're like hidden pride, disguised jealousy. Proverbs talks about hatred through flattery. See, I need the Holy Spirit's power and revelation to identify these things which are so easily disguised in religious activities. I need Him to, to identify them and, and show me when I need to act upon them. And the more we grow in the Lord, the greater the need for humility, the greater we need to humble ourselves, to avoid the trap of self-righteousness. I do it for me. I'm doing it because I love Him. I need to get rid of those things. Pride is such an insidious and deceitful thing. The motive for all our change and growth must always be a response to and from the love of God toward us and in us. I love what the Bible says, and I'm actually going to read a passage out of The Passion. I love reading this in one sense because it brings another dimension. Theologically, I want to read something else, but it brings a good truth to bear. And this is out of 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us. 
because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live, those who live for him should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. So then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. What a powerful passage. I'm not going to judge people by the outward. See, the change that happens, the, the pains, the change of growth that happens has to flow from that motive of love, that love of God. See, a poured out life must be the result of the love of Christ and not our fleshly attempts at self-improvement. The motive must not be works, but a response to love by love. Nothing more, nothing less. The change process and the pain may look and be the same, but the motive has to be love or it's not going to work. See, I am already loved by God and so are you. You are already loved by God right where you are now. Whether you're in right standing with God in regard to salvation or not, God loves you anyway. God knows where you are, what you are, who you are, and He loves you just the way you are. And His heart is that you would feel and sense and be aware of His love being poured out towards you. And because of that love, you want to respond to Him. Because of that love, you're drawn to Him. Because of that love that you're aware of, that He, he will not condemn you, that He won't hold you guilty, that He wants to condemn, you know, redeem you and not condemn you, that He wants to pronounce you not guilty. And all we have to do is say, God, here I am. I'm sorry. I've lived for myself. I've lived a self-absorbed life. I want to live a life surrendered to You. Your love is so wonderful and so powerful. And that's the heart that I want. It's what the heart that every believer really wants is that people might know and that we might more fully know the love of God, that we become aware it's poured out into our hearts. And so before I finalise this sermon, before I finish, I want to ask you a question. Are you right with God where you are? Are you trying to prove yourself to God? Are you trying to prove yourself to others? Or maybe you're even just trying to prove yourself to you. God says, I love you just the way you are. God says, I care about you just the way you are. God says, I have a plan for your future. It's a good plan. Not of evil, but one of peace to give you hope. How do we do that? How do we join that? How do we connect with God? All we can do is say, God, here I am. Here I am. Ask Him to forgive us and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Right now, I want to pray. I want to pray if you want to believe that too and accept Jesus into your heart and life. Pray it with me right now. Can we all just bow? I can't see you where you are, but can we all just bow and pray? Heavenly Father, so many of us need to know your love. And I need to know of your love more fully. Lord, for those who are yet to know, Lord, we pray. Let them pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sin. I receive Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. God, give me power. Give me grace to live for you out of the love you have for me. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer at home, I'd encourage you, contact the church office. We've got some material if you want to collect it and read more and get to know more about a beginning journey of faith in Jesus. And the reality is this, you are just as right with God as I am maybe even more so, you know, because you've come to him. He's forgiven you of all your sin. It's an amazing thing. So, So here it is. I know that I'm loved by God, and I hope you all know that too. I know that I'm right with God, not by my works, but because of his love. Yes, I want to change. I want to grow, but I want that to be a response of love, not a works of the flesh. See, with all my weaknesses and failings and habits and sins, God loves me. It's His love already given to me that motivates me to change, to grow and endure, and even rejoice through the pains. So here's the final question. Why do I want to change? The answer is love. The love of God. And that verse 14, out of the passion, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us. Over the next week, I'd like us to consider, and every one of us, please, if you're a believer uh, and anyone else, consider God's love toward us, both as humanity, but then personally. Meditate upon how much God loves you. Meditate upon His love for you in Christ. I mean, we're coming into Easter, and next week I'd encourage you to get your communion ready in front of the telly so we can watch it together. We can partake together as a family of God, united even though separated physically. Meditate, and maybe even post. Post about the love of God. Post about what you see of the love of God toward you on your Facebook page or your Twitter account or whatever. Let's fill the net with the personal revelations of God's love that we have received. Let me finish with this one verse, and it won't come up on your screen. Most of you would know it. 1 John 14, 19. Sorry, 1 John 14. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. That's powerful. That's the motive. The change of our life, the reason we change is love. God bless you all and we'll see you next week for Easter and communion. God bless.